Rewind with Oshin Langan. This is the Rewind on News Talk coming up the Premier League and Champions Cup. While we'll also hear from players Colin Ryan on getting it right in 2016 and Waterford manager Derek McGrath on the balancing act of giving young players game time while trying to build confidence within the squad. There was a good win for Offaly who beat an experimental Kilkenny. We hear from their manager Eamon Kelly. While we'll have more from Longford manager Dennis Connerton on his side's fantastic victory over All-Ireland champions Dublin. We've also got rugby with Leinster coach Leo Cullen on their win over Bath and Simon Zebo on loving playing for Munster who actually do have a mathematical chance of reaching the quarter-finals. Granted, it is a very, very, very slim chance. First up though, it's the Premier League and before we analyse the weekend's action, let's hear from Louis van Gaal and Jurgen Klopp following Manchester United's 1-0 win away at Anfield, while Arsene Wenger and Mark Hughes react to their side's scoreless draw at the Britannia. Nathan Murphy was at Anfield for Off The Ball's live commentary, while David McIntyre was at the Britannia for Arsenal's exciting scoreless draw with Stoke. United get the win with Rooney's goal. The long blow of the whistle from Mark Clattenburg means Manchester United have beaten Liverpool by a goal to nil. Wayne Rooney with the only goal of the game, 12 minutes from time, a record-breaking goal for the man born on Merseyside. His 176th Premier League goal for Manchester United. He surpasses Thierry Henry with the most goals for one club. It wasn't a game of the highest quality. It's not a game that will stick long in the memory, but for Louis van Gaal, this could be a very important day. Key day, it really is, because he's been under pressure coming into this match. I don't think United played particularly well. We have played much better than today. And in that perspective, I cannot say it's a very good day, because the first half... Liverpool was the better team. And normally, we are dominating the games. And today, it was Liverpool. Didn't avoid the cross. Lose Fellaini, bar, lose Rooney, goal. So, three mistakes around around um, a goal. So obviously, too much. Against a team with individual quality of, of Man United. So, well, we got this goal. And, um, yeah, today it was not enough time and um, to, to, to come back in this game. In this moment, it's only frustrating. You think how it should be. Yeah, but we have to carry on and we'll do it. Corner kick. Headed towards goal off the line. And it's still not cleared by Arsenal. Great save with the footer check. Waters in the volley and blocked away by Giroud. We are wanting to win the game. Looking at the history we have here, it is a positive result. Looking at the results of the other teams who play at the top, it's a positive result. But overall... uh, we missed two points today. Craig Pawson with the whistle. Full-time whistle goes. We have to leave you there. It's been nil-nil. A really good nil-nil as they go. Arsenal back on top of the Barclays Premier League. We approached the game in the right manner. Got the ball down. Passed and moved and, and mixed things up. Uh, just heard Arsenal say that he was a little bit surprised that we went direct. I'm not quite sure what game he's been watching, but here we go. Um, I was delighted with our performance. I thought on the day he was... It was a good point for us. This is the Rewind on News Talk and that's some reaction from our two live games on Off The Ball yesterday. Score a straw between Stoke and Arsenal at the Britannia. It's enough to keep Arsenal top of the pile while Manchester United getting that 1-0 victory away at Anfield against Liverpool. As always, former Chelsea and Ireland defender Paddy Mulligan joins us along with Raf Diallo of Team 33 and Off The Ball. It's a special day for Raf. We'll get to that in a second. I'm not, I'm not referring to Leitrim's FPD league win over Sligo. Paddy, we'll start with you. Um, the derby yesterday was poor, which is a pity because for these games you always expect them to be competitive, you always expect intensity, but we didn't really get any of that. Why? We got absolutely nothing from from it because 
in short, Oshin, they're two very, very poor teams. That's the that's the main problem. There's absolutely no no style or class or guile about any of the midfielders. You know, you don't see any of the midfielders on either side picking out a, a pass, playing a real through ball, um, and, and 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 making the forward runs. So I mean that 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 would have added to the excitement, but there, there was no chance of that happening. And and uh, United went in and got the got the results that they that they wanted, and certainly uh, didn't deserve. Um, because Liverpool had, had numerous chances, but again, the old failing of, of not being able to finish has has come back to haunt them. Uh, they could they could they could have been two to three goals up at half time. Um, Lallana missed uh, missed an absolute uh, gem, uh, a great ball from from uh, from Lucas. And what he was doing heading the ball down only only Adam Lallana knows. This is an English international who cost twenty five million. Who does nothing? He did nothing for me when he was at Southampton, and I, I question it when he was signed by by Liverpool, and I question it even more now, along with another few players as well. So Klopp has his work cut out, but there's there's no excuse for uh, uh, Klopp. Yes, he's inherited uh, a lot of uh, mediocre players, but he's got to organise that defence because the shambolic uh, goal that United got well, it was just a complete mess from Liverpool's perspective. First of all, uh, Toure. Uh, played a ball into one of the uh, one, one of the midfielders for Liverpool, but who had no chance of getting the ball. Instead of just knocking it over the top and and let them go and fight and chase for it, he tries to play it in short, intercept it. He then has to make a last ditch tackle to give away a corner. Ibe doesn't uh, go out for uh, for the corner. Sacco and 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 uh, Benteke and uh, um, the rest of the defenders decide. Oh, sure, we'll we'll have we'll have we'll have a look here. Toure never went went for the ball either. So. It, it ends up coming to Rooney. Lucas decides, ah, sure, I leave, I leave Rooney alone in, in, in the in the in the six yard box. Yeah, sure, why wouldn't you leave Rooney alone? Let him stick it into the back of the net. So I mean, it was everything that Liverpool, everything that happened yesterday to me was self inflicted by Liverpool because Man United did not play any way well at all. They're still the same Man United as they have been for the past for the past year, and and uh, they got they got away with murder yesterday. But good luck to them. Look at all they're interested in is getting the three points. The supporters will be thrilled with that. And I, I certainly would have been thrilled if, if Liverpool had won by the, the way that, that that United did. One shot on target, but look at that's that's what it counts. Uh, the only stat I'm ever interested in is what's the score at the end of the match. I don't care how much possession teams have. I don't care how many shots and goals they've had. Doesn't doesn't matter. It's, it's what it's what you do yeah. with the ball in the 18 yard box when you have it. 53-47 in favour of Liverpool yeah. possession was by the way, and they had they did nothing. Uh, yeah, and they had um, four shots on target compared to the one you mentioned, which was the goal, Raf. Yeah, and actually, just out of interest, uh, obviously Klopp, this isn't his team yet. Um, I think that's quite clear. But do you think he's more likely to bring Liverpool back to where they want to be before United even get to the point where they also want to be, as in? Title, uh, title-winning kind of squad. Yeah, you would you, you would like to you would like to think so, but on, on the evidence of yesterday, uh, both teams are so far removed. I mean, I know United are back up to fifth position, but really there were two mid-table teams yesterday. Liverpool are in ninth position, so that's that's mid-table, and United are a mid-table team. Uh, uh, judging by what I've seen yeah. of United under Van Hal over the past over the past fifteen sixteen months, and and they've been dreadful. It's it's up now to Klopp to put a stamp. On, on this Liverpool team, he 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 knows exactly what he's after inheriting now. If he doesn't know now at this stage, well then he's he's never going to know. So he knows exactly what he ha- what he has to do, and th- there's no excuse for some of the stuff, whether they're his players or not. The fact uh, and, and whether Rogers bought these players, whether a committee bought them or not, whether the chairman, uh, whether the owners bought them or not, as 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 Rogers uh, alluded to yesterday morning on goals on Sunday, uh, that the owners wanted uh, the likes of Balotelli. 
So my 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 answer to that would be, well then Brendan Rodgers, there's no need for you to be manager there. You better just walk because that's what he that's what in my view that's what he should have done. It's not like years back when if a manager walked, he 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 would have had to maybe yeah. get social assistance. That doesn't happen these days. They're, they're, they've got so much money, they don't, they don't know what to do with it. Well, Rodgers was kind of in no a position that, that he was lucky to be at such a big club, whereas Klopp had a choice. We know that he rejected Manchester United, yeah, but, for example. Yeah. Look, let me talk about what Liverpool can do going into the future rather than what went on in the past. It was interesting to hear Rodgers, but it's kind of... it's 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 an irrelevant chat at this stage because... One reckons that Klopp is in charge of his own transfers. He's, he's a strong guy. He's a strong manager. What about Shane Long? Stories linking him to Liverpool. Firstly, is it a good fit no. for Liverpool? Secondly, is it a good move for Shane Long? It'd be a great move for Shane Long, but it's not a good fit for Liverpool. I don't think, I, I don't think it'll happen. Um, but Liverpool are a little bit desperate. So if they brought Balotelli, well, then they could, they could bring Shane Long. Shane Long is a very, very honest player, but he is not a proven goal scorer. And that's what Liverpool required at this moment in time. They need somebody to stick the ball in the back of that. Their approach play to a point is is, is not bad. And yesterday's approach play was, was half decent and has been. But they need somebody to finish off the chances that are being created. And Shane Long does not do that, in my opinion, on a consistent enough basis. Yes, he'll get wonder goals every now and again. The ball will hit off his shin and, he'll, and, and, and get lucky against the Germans and, and then bury it with, with, with a smash and right footer. Brilliant stuff, Shane Long. Yeah. Well done. But... I need I need fellas who can uh, when the ball is uh, uh, whizzing across the face of the goal. I need somebody there. I tap in for three yards. It looks nothing. Why do you think he hasn't been consistent throughout his career? Because he's not a proven goal scorer. He doesn't have an eye. But is it because it, he's been played out wide by a lot of managers? He's no, played in a more central position recently, and the goals have come. He scored eight and twenty, I think. Yes, but still, that that to me is not good enough. Eight and twenty. Yeah. You need you need far more than that. You need, you need but four, a lot of that twenty need, appearances need, was him out wide. Yeah, you need you need forty. Yes, but because he starts out wide, doesn't mean to say that he, he's not going to score from from the, from the sideline. He has to make the runs to get into the in, into the box. Even though he started out wide, he's not he's not stuck out wide. He he must make those runs in the box. I don't think he has a striker's uh, instinct. Robbie Keane is a prime example. Striker's instinct. He's always then say, oh, you only t- tap in from two yards, but he got there. Shane Long doesn't get it. Shane Long and Verdi will miss those. That's my concern about Shane Long. I, if, if, I, I wish that he was the proven goal scorer. But of course, if he was the proven goal scorer, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about him going to Liverpool at this moment in time. Raph, he does seem ideal for a lot of what Klopp wants. He, he's yeah. got pace, he presses, he works hard, he's yeah. got the physicality. He can get goals, even though we've just heard an argument there. That uh, he's only, not only a natural goal I wouldn't argue with you. No, it's, it's a right argument as well. Like I mean, yeah. he he does score great goals. Like he's, I think there's that turn of phrase. He's a uh, he's he's a scorer of great goals without being a great goal scorer, um, and that's exactly what he is. But he has some qualities that I think Klopp would appreciate. My only worry would be he could move. He'll get games during this season, but then if Klopp wants to bring in like to build the squad he wants to build. I could see Long kind of dropping down to the bench and then maybe having to look for a move again. But he's, an, he's been at clubs where, you know, guys don't score a whole pile of goals because look at his record. He's been at Hull, Reading, uh, West Brom and now Southampton. And none of those clubs are blockbusters. You go to Liverpool, it's different. Maybe you get more service. Because they've, they've had the possession in games. They just haven't taken the chances. Not the, not the Liverpool team yeah. today. Just ha- having seen him though, kind of watched him wherever, you know, I think he does score great goals. He's a hard worker. He's he's a he's an excellent player, but I just don't think he's that type of player that uh you know, would take maybe Liverpool to the next level. He'd be a great squad player for them if he if he did arrive. It's just you know, the, even the fact that like heading into Euro twenty sixteen, 
if he was the type of player that Liverpool were looking for, he would be leading the line for Ireland. But John Walters is probably the guy that's going to be doing that. And Long's almost an option that's thrown out wide or he's going to be like an impact player. Long is as honest as, as the day is long, O'Shane. And, and, and I admire him for what, for what he does. But, but uh, as Rav just said there now, he, he will run all day long for you. He will, he will, he will, he will work the central defenders. But you need a little bit more. You need a lot more than that. You need to be able to finish the chances that come your way when they come your way. And these days at Liverpool, they're, they're, they're few and far between. Yes, yesterday they, they had so many shots, 16 or something like that, shots on, on, on goal. And many, many were on target, probably maybe, maybe four. four. Maybe, maybe four on target. You know, and, and then De Gea came, in, came into his own. So would, 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 would my question then would be, the, the chances that Liverpool got yesterday, would Long score those chances? I don't think so either. He would he work be, as part of a new front two to if another the, striker was bought by Liverpool? Well, they have Benteke there, but yeah. I don't think Benteke is going to be featuring for too much longer there at Liverpool Football Club. I, I didn't understand why they bought Benteke for £32 million. For the life of me, can't understand that. Benteke and Balotelli for £47 million, or £48 million, absolutely ridiculous money for, 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 for two players. Benteke, by his body language yesterday, when he, when, he, when he did come on with 10 minutes to go, which I thought was far too late. I mean, if you're going to play Benteke, you've got to play him with maybe 20, 25 minutes to go. But his body language told me everything. He did not want to go on. He did not want to be uh, on that pitch at Anfield yesterday. Whatever is going on with himself and Klopp. But Benteke should have been going out there with a bit between his teeth and say, "Right, I'm going to, I'm going to show him." Instead, he's taken, he's, he's taken a, a little drink, a, a, an energy boost, a protein drink. Is this, is this what they take? He didn't need it because <laughs> he didn't break sweat. Right, you mentioned Walters. A, you mentioned Walters a couple of minutes ago. He was in the Stoke team yesterday, as was Glenn Whelan. They drew nil all with Arsenal. Both managers seeming relatively happy with the result. Arsenal Wenger said afterwards, "Look, we've kind of dropped two points, but given what's happened to us in the past, it's actually not a bad result, and they are still top of the league." Would you agree with that? Yes, they 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 haven't won. I don't think they're in about uh, uh, maybe five or six years. So, uh, looking at it from that perspective, they to get a point at Anfield when really they should they should feel a little bit aggrieved with themselves that they didn't see out the game at Anfield uh, when they were leading 3-2 uh, with, with a minute of, of normal time to go another two or three minutes of injury time. You know, you've, you've got to consolidate. You've got to get your, get your defender sorted out and go and, 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 go and see out that game win, and, 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 and win it. And they didn't go and do that. So then they drop another uh, two points yesterday against Stoke. Ordinarily, that would be a, that, that would be a smashing result for Arsenal because their, their track record at, at, at Britannia is absolutely woeful. But they need to be winning games because Man City are coming along now, and Man City are going to be the big, big threat. And I think that the team uh, that that finishes above Man City are going to be are going to be the league champions. I, I think that I happen to think that uh, City are going to win, especially they keep Aguero right because he is a he is a wonderful, wonderful talent magnificent player and if they can get company back to organise that defence yeah. they're, they're, they're really back in business Yeah, the only thing I would say as well I, I guess our, obviously Ozil I was surprised he wasn't in the starting lineup, but obviously um, then turned out he was injured and then they're also missing Sanchez there's another couple of players missing that would probably Yeah, because Orla's yeah, missing Because Orla's yeah, missing of course yeah, and then yeah. you know there's the Welbecks and Wilshers who are good squad players who will add something during a season and Arsene so. Wenger has said look I'd rather <coughs> wait for Welbeck yeah. to get right rather than go out and buy because there's no one better than Welbeck available at the moment yeah and that's perfectly true he knows the system he, yeah. he'd he easily slot in he's got a good international yeah. goal scoring record even if that doesn't translate to club level so yeah 
and there's no need for there's no need to buy for the sake of buying. Yeah. He's know, never done that, Wenger, has he? No, no, and, and and that's the beauty about him. And in fairness to Wenger, he's stuck by his principles the whole way along the line, and that is very, very admirable. I, I think I think I happen to think Wenger is is, is a smashing manager. I want to ask you about uh, Glenn Whelan and John Walters. You, you know I'm a very parochial guy, especially coming up to Euro 2016. Anything Irish, I'm going to keep an eye on it and we're going to talk about it. Talk to me about Walters and Whelan yesterday. I, I thought I thought that they, they played, both played very, very well yesterday. I thought that Whelan was, was very good in midfield. I mean, he, he, he does what he does best. He breaks up the play. And yesterday's passing was an awful lot crisper and, and it, it found a man more often than not. And Is that I, because he's playing with better players now and playing... Uh, in a style that suits passers. I mean, Stoke, as Pat Nevin said to me a couple of weeks ago, Stoke are kind of not really Stoke anymore. There's no, no, there's, they're, they're, now they like to pass the ball yeah. uh, with, with Tony Pulis. And Tony Pulis did, did what he thought was right for the group of players that he had. And that's, and that's all any manager can go and do. So I, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be knocking Tony Pulis or Stoke for the way they, they, they played in the past because they had to have a starting point someplace along the line. But Hughes has, has, has got a few better players, players with, 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 with more skill, a little bit, bit more flair and imagination. And and uh, hence, the, uh, when when Whelan is on the ball, he's got yards of space to work in, so it, it makes it that little bit easier for him to go and to go and make a make a telling pass. And that's what he was doing yesterday. And look at what you get from Walters is you you get you get a busybody who's all over the pitch and who'll give you absolutely everything. And we'll get in, get in the end of things. And was very, very unlucky that that the Arsenal defender just came in in front of him near the end, but it, with a free header at the far post, he, he he didn't think the Arsenal defender was going to get it, and otherwise he he was going to have a, a shot and target. And, and, and ordinarily he would stick that ball in the back of the net. No, but these these two lads are playing very, very well for Stoke. Very well. Raf John Joe Shelby going to Newcastle. He seems to have had the desired effect. A good victory over the weekend, two one against West Ham. Yeah. Uh, Swansea are playing tonight against Watford. If you're listening on Monday, it is tonight. If you're listening uh, later in the week, then obviously it was Monday night. Shelby going there, making the difference. My thought on this is Swansea. What the hell are you doing, giving a player like that to a rival? Yeah, I thought that was a really odd move. Like if you thought maybe a bigger club that's upper or higher up the table, maybe that would seem more like a logical move. But then if he's moving sideways, I know it's for big money. Twelve million isn't uh, well. Maybe in football terms, it's not a lot of money now, but uh, it is a lot of money for a club of Swansea's size. It was just a bit weird that they're they're basically giving a player who can be inconsistent, has his issues, but does have talent uh, over to someone who or to a club that they are going to be battling with um, to try and avoid relegation for the rest of the season I thought it was an odd move and I saw some of the highlights from um, Newcastle's win over the weekend and uh, obviously he has had the impact and as they said he's the type of player that Newcastle have missed kind of a goal scoring midfielder with a good range of passing as well and Steve McLaren has had a weird career Paddy he's gone from being the next Manchester United manager, Alex Ferguson, talked him up, as he ha- has always done with all of his assistants, uh, to having a, a just utterly weird and bizarre spell as England manager, the Wally with the Brawley and all that. Success in Holland, came back to the Championship, did nothing with the Nottingham Forest. And now at Newcastle... And then with Derby, with Derby County as well. That's right. And now at Newcastle, it actually seems to be coming good again. Yeah, but at, at Derby County from this time last year, they hardly won a game, haven't been in, in pole position yeah. to go and get promotion. And and the whole thing just uh, fell flat, and now he's 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 they've got a good a very very good result against United last last Tuesday night, uh, the three all draw where they came back uh, from the dead well they were two nil down then they came back to two each and they went three two behind then they came back to three each and they showed commendable spirit uh, Newcastle and if they can uh, and that's all the fans up there want if they if if the players are honest on the pitch the fans will back them the whole way uh, along the line 
and and then they get a smashing win against West Ham yesterday. So I I, I would think that that uh, Shelby's um, importance yesterday maybe is a little bit uh, over overrated because I would expect the likes of John Joe Shelby to walk into a Newcastle or any dressing room yesterday for his first or or, for, or on Saturday for his first game. And, and go on and, and play absolutely brilliantly because you're out to you're out to get on the right side of the fans straight away and you're ready for it and your 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 mind is tuned into everything. So I, I I'm not I'm not surprised at that. The the trick will be can he do that consistently for the rest of the season and can he do it for 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 next season and the following season and the following season and that's what we have to be looking at uh, with players and with the likes of John Joe Shelby. He's already been at Liverpool. It looks as if he's going to be a half decent player at Liverpool. Then he he ended up in Swansea. Did quite well for a while, but now there have been rumblings over the past number of months that's been trouble in the camp. That there's been uh, arguments with the manager before he before he left. So there was talk about that. Um, so whether there was trouble with Gary Monk, whether there was trouble with with with, with Cortes now at the, at the moment, uh, who who can tell? But he's gone to he's gone to Newcastle anyway. And if if McLaren can can uh, look after him, if uh, Shelby is a bit of a hothead. If he can, if he can be toned down, there's no, there's no question about it that he, he's, he's a half decent player, and he, and he, and he will create, and he will get on the ball, and he will make the, uh, the pass a stick, and, and that's what Newcastle uh, uh, would be crying out for. And if they can do that, well, then they're not going to be in the relegation area for too much longer. You know, generally, you look at a player, and if they've had a lot of clubs, they tend to be trouble already. He's gone through Liverpool. Uh, Swansea and Newcastle was he anywhere before Liverpool? Yeah. Charlton, 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 yeah, Charlton yeah, he played. came from Charlton to, to, uh, to Liverpool okay. he, he was a young lad and, yeah uh, well that's fair enough that move but no, then uh, that, you know. no, no sense probably let's hope he's getting a little bit of sense now yeah. because there, 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 is a, there is a talent there but look as you see if, if the attitude isn't right it doesn't matter what, the ta- yeah. what, what talent they have yeah. he's, he's got to knuckle down now and do the basics right and look after himself both on and off the pitch and if he can do all of that he does. It, he, in fairness he does look after himself off the pitch he advertised for live-in cook a while back um, he's one of those type of players that uh, but he wanted yeah, he, well, wanted, he uh, wanted rashers eggs and sausages well, every day I was just about was to say thing. Elvis also had a live-in cook but it was all fried food um, listen it's a very special you day you and your live-in cooks <laughs> it's a very special day on the Rewind podcast here on News Talk because Paddy what, why is it a special day you tell everyone I don't know why it's a special day. Sure, it's a special day every time that I see you and every, every time it's I see Rav. birthday. Oh, well, yeah, but nobody, nobody, nobody tells me anything. I have, to, I have to find out always the hard way. And, and he's, only, he's only 24, isn't he? 27. Raf, <laughs> I have to say, this I've is... Gone, uh, I'm at my peak years as a footballer. It's between 26 and 30. I've hit if this that. this is you at your peak... No, no, I, between 26 just, and 35. If this is Raf at his physical peak, I shudder to think what he'll be like when he's not at a peak. Listen, this is a bit embarrassing, Raf, because I assumed that Paddy was bringing the cake and obviously Paddy assumed that I was bringing the cake. So um, there's an imaginary cake, if that's all right. Oh, good. I was oh. worried there. He's, he, he's got a rampant imagination. So he'd be fine. I'm not sure he grew up in Leitrim. He'd be no, no, yeah. Out from Shambo way or out no Mohill. Mohill, Mohill, Mohill. Mohill, Mohill for your life. Okay, yeah. listen, Paddy Mulligan and Raf Diallo. Thanks for joining us on the uh, Rewind podcast on News Talk. A pleasure, Shane. Thank you. Cheers. This is the Rewind on News Talk. Still to come, Leinster coach Leo Cullen and Munster fullback Simon Zebo or winger, depending on your view of things. At first, though, it's GAA and Longford will take on Meath next Sunday in the Bordemona O'Byrne Cup final after their 112-9 points win over All-Ireland champions Dublin. Now, Dublin had a relatively strong side out at Glennon Brothers Pierce Park, so this was a little bit of a surprise. After the game, Shannon Side FM got the reaction of Longford manager Dennis Connerton while Jim Gavin spoke to 98FM. First, though, it is the Shannon Side FM commentator Liam Tierney 
getting a bit excited. It's a goal for Lamford, a goal for Lamford, the ball flooded in by Francis McGee, in there was Michael Brady, he brought it down, held off the held off the opposing player, and Liam Connerton pulls on it and buries it in the back of the Dublin net. The score is 1-11 to Longford, 8 points to Dublin, 1 goal and 11 points to Longford, 8 points to Dublin. You heard me right the first time, i just like to say it a second time, let's see if they can hold on for the next 7 minutes in front. They adapted Here well to conditions, uh, they got a fine range of scores, uh, some fine point taken by them. Uh, yeah, we had a chance. We, there, was a, there was a point in it. We had two opportunities to, to, to draw the game level, and, and we didn't. And, and they went down the other end and, and pushed on. So, um, but they had defensively. I thought they, they played very well. But all over the park, and that they they they, uh, they they won the battles. Great day for us, John. There's no doubt about it. Dublin came to win. Dublin don't go to lose matches. I think they've nearly forgotten how to lose games. Uh, it was a big day for us, and uh, we're in our own backyard in Glennon's Brothers Pierce Park. And Longford, as I keep saying, Longford are very hard to beat at home, and they've proven that to a great tradition of winning in this park. Uh, the players that really embrace being at home and the big thing about today I take out it was the amount of Longford support that were here today because the other matches the other matches that we've been at it's been very very sparsely attended and very empty uh, empty uh, ground in which to play but today was great it was like uh, playing in the county final for our lads I said that before the crowd was there the, there was a, you could hear the conversation on the on the hill you could feel the intensity of the crowd and you could feel that great atmosphere that atmosphere was there today and it was just the, that the uh, the players gather that, the players love that, and they respond accordingly, and that's what they did today. Some of your players are going to be very sore uh, for a good half of this week, and I suppose recovery is going to be a big thing for them. Recovery is very big for us, but uh, unfortunately we haven't got the time to recover. We have to train also, and that is difficult for us. Um, but it's just, you know, it was a difficult match for them, and they're inside now. The players are really tired, they're exhausted in some cases, both mentally and physically exhausted. But Look, they put in a great effort today. This is our, our uh, fourth game in the Iberian Cup, and that's great. And we're in the final of it, so we haven't been there since, what, it's 2008. So that's great for the players, and sure, they're delighted with themselves. And hopefully that next weekend we can go out and do the same again, you know, put in a good performance. It's all about performance and working hard. And from a management point of view, how are you going to prepare? How are you going to get the team to come down from the high of beating the All-Ireland champions to focus on a final next weekend and then to refocus on the first round of the National League which you keep saying is the main focus That's a massive challenge for us um, I'm sure that my management team and I, we've already spoken about that we've taken our first steps but it's going to be hard to get guys back down to earth because they, they all, a lot of them work in Longford and they are meeting Longford people and the conversation will be all about football but they've got to detach themselves from that and keep their focus they have a big match next week a big match the following weekend they have a big match the weekend after that there's three Sundays in a row now we're going to have very big matches you know right right up until the 24th, 31st and the 7th of February all big matches and we've got to keep our focus and work as hard as we can in those matches and fellas have got to keep themselves fresh eager and keen and represent Longford with pride, basically. A great day for Longford, who play Mead in next Sunday's Bordenamona O'Byrne Cup final. Now, the Leinster Council have defended the stature of all competitions uh, in January, but particularly the Bordenamona Walsh Cup. Provincial Chairman John Horan says the competition is invaluable for teams as they prepare for the league and outlines that the uh, revenue generated from the games is used to address the issues of hardship suffered by players and the ordinary members of the GAA in Leinster. Eddie Brennan, who oversaw Kilkenny in the competition this season, 
has called for an end to the tournament. The Cats are out, by the way, following their 3-9 to 1-9 defeat to Offaly, who will play Wexford in their semi-final next week. Galway will play Dublin in the other semi. The final, by the way, takes place in Crow Park. We'll be hearing from the Offaly manager shortly. But first, in the Munster League, an experienced and strong player beat an experimental Waterford 120-19 at the WIT Sports Campus. John Conlon scored five from play for the banner, while Colin Ryan knocked over six place balls and got one from play. David Reedy got their goal in the first half. Malumbi getting Waterford's goal uh, in the opening period. He played very, very well on a difficult day for the Desha, who had six debutants in their side. After the uh, match, I spoke to Waterford boss Derek McGrath about the balancing act that is giving young players a goal, but not damaging confidence by making them the subject to heavy defeats. They've had two losses now in the pre-season tournament. First, though, it's uh, clear as Colin Ryan on pre-season and what they want from these games and this time of year? I think, you know, we discussed an awful lot of stuff at the start of the year about what we want to improve on from, you know, 2015. So, you know, obviously thinking about things like that, you know, we'll, we'll be working on them things. But I think individually as players, I think it's getting rid of the rustiness, you know, and everything else that goes with it and just getting a bit of hurling behind you, you know. A, a lot of lads would have been, I suppose, once they're knocked out of club championship in August or September, you know, <laughs> they're really not going to pick up early until January again so you know it's nice to nice to get the game time behind us and, and work on the few bits and pieces that we've we've talked about and you've had some good performances some good wins does momentum matter at this time of year I mean it's it's nice going into the league with a few wins behind you and the confidence building knowing things are working oh definitely listen you can't beat winning <laughs> you know no matter what anybody says you know it's, it's far more enjoyable when you're winning matches and you know if that if that adds to momentum and you know performances and stuff like that you know we're, we're in a very happy place and just finally are you in a nice position in the fact that there's reams of talent in that squad it's been two years since you won the All-Ireland you've had a couple of tough years but guys are still young they're still fresh you have guys challenging for positions as we've seen today this Clare team are in a good place going into 2016 yeah there's massive enthusiasm you know lads are really enjoying it and I think you know I suppose we were very disappointed with the last two years of course and uh you know, obviously it takes, I suppose, the highs and you have to take the lows with it as well and I suppose not get too excited when you win and not get too excited when you lose as well. So, you know, we knew we weren't, you know, a million miles away the last two years. You know, I know we weren't winning matches, but we knew there was only a few small things maybe that needed to be changed here and there and obviously competition for place in the panel is a, is, a, is a massive, massive, you know, plus for us going into this year and, you know, we'll be thrilled with that and listen, if it takes 20 lads or 25 lads to win in All-Ireland, if it takes 35 lads to win in All-Ireland plus all our backroom taff, so, you know, everybody's driving on. Derek, you lost by 11 points but positives to take from the performance, no doubt. A lot of young lads in there, six debutants. Yeah, six debutants and that's been kind of our approach has been to be um, just use the, the Munster League as an opportunity to try and blood new players and see our players up to a particular level if you like and it's not a smug or, or arrogant attitude towards the competition itself it's just um, the, the loads of our particular players at the moment are huge like we had two fellas playing at LIT yesterday we had six fellas playing at UCC yesterday and we have six playing at WIT tomorrow night so we're just trying to manage the loads albeit as I said you're coming up against serious teams and serious opposition and you're trying to balance that with been at the end of comprehensive vic- or defeats as well, so you're trying to balance the the waning of confidence with you know the unearthing of players, which is kind of a difficult balance, you know. How do you get something out of it? Like you say, you took a bit of a, a battering today, mm. but a couple of good individual performances. Like, do those lads know that when they played well, and can they take the confidence, or do they look at it because guys kind of they only really think of things in winning and losing, don't they? Yeah, and that's a fair point. It's a fair, it's a point that we maybe even need to, need to take on board ourselves. But I think all you're looking for is nuggets of 
of um, not information but nuggets of, of solace if you like in some prefer fellas play and we got that with three or four guys today who are you know albeit as I said against a, a very very um, slick opposition we were still able to kind of um, see you know positive chinks if you like with some fellas you know from how they played so we're happy to take that into the next game against Limerick on Tuesday night and against Kerry on Saturday and a few challenge games then before what will be the ultimate test for us on the 14th of February and that's what we're preparing for and we're trying as I said to manage the loads of like we have 19 of our panel involved in the Fitzgibbon so we're trying to manage their loads as best as possible you know Is there a worry that you'll go into the league maybe undercooked or because you have challenge games and guys will be playing Fitzgibbon you think you'll be okay? Yeah look to be honest with you I, I, I keep saying if we were beaten by Kilkenny on the 14th of February it would be because Kilkenny are better than us on the particular day it won't be because you know, a particular fella didn't get enough game time in the run-up to the game, or we treated the the, the, the monster league with a kind of, um, I won't say contempt, but we, we you know, we, we look upon, we, we use it as a process to try and unearth players. It'll just be because Kilkenny are better. So, no, we'll manage their game time as best as possible, and, and we hope to be ready. We'll have no excuses. We'll, be, we'll have plenty of game time, and they'll have plenty of training done, and we'll be the same as every other team. So, that's, that's what we'd hope anyway, you know. Any injuries or anything to update on? No, Stephen Bennett obviously had a, a double hip operation again, so he's you know he's out till probably the, the summer if you like. And uh, no, we were actually fairly, fairly, um, fairly clear at the moment. I work picked up a knee injury, and he didn't play with UCC yesterday, but he'd probably play on the 28th of of um, January in the first round for UCC. So we're hopefully he can get a good bit of game time into him with the college. You know, it's a strange time of year, isn't it? Because you've got a lot of guys playing high level hurling with their colleges, but you don't have access to them per se. Oh well, you do and you don't, but you're trying to balance um, what they're doing, you know, because it's uh, very hard to put them under huge strain and pressure in terms of uh, um, their loads. Like, and they enjoy playing at the college as well, which is hugely important. And I think if you kind of give them that bit of leeway, normally the effort for Waterford then would be reciprocated by based on based on you kind of leaving them enjoy their college experience as well. You know, this is the rewind on news talk. That's Waterford manager Derek McGrath. And despite two defeats so far in the Munster League, they can reach the final against Clare, but it would mean a win against Limerick at the Gaelic Grounds this Tuesday night, then victory away to Kerry next week. Offerly overcame an experimental Kilkenny in Burr 3-9 to 1-9. About 2,000 fans were in to watch that one in the uh, spiritual home of Offaly Hurling, as some would see it. James Gorman got two goals for the hosts. After the match, Offaly manager Eamon Kelly spoke to Midlands 103. Yeah, it's great to see a full stand and to be fair, they were, they were added to it. Everything we tried to do something well, they were behind us. The atmosphere was 100%. Uh, it's great that Offaly have two fantastic facilities, you know, available in O'Connor Park and St. Brendan's Park and I suppose if it's divided out, it can certainly add to the thing going forward, I think. And going forward from here now, we know it's an away trip to Wexford next. The venue has to be confirmed. That'll be a stiffer test again, but it's one that Offaly have an, an eye on winning. Do you know what? The Welsh Cup final will be in Crow Park on the 30th of January against either Dublin or Galway. They'd be two great matches for Offaly to get if they could get over Wexford. Sure, they're better than any challenge game, really. You know, And if you're out of the Welsh Cup, you're looking for challenge games. and You, do, you don't really learn as much in, in challenge games. This is only Welsh Cup, and the league, I know, is a notch-up from that, and everything is, is vying towards the, the round robin uh, in May. So it's great to have this competitive game. Wexford will want to be winning it. Uh, they haven't been in a final in a while either, the more than ourselves. So it's, it's great to get a game like this. We're hoping we'll be learning more every weekend. Offaly manager Eamon Kelly on their win over Kilkenny. Uh, they'll play Wexford in the semi-final while Galway will meet Dublin in the other semi. There's a full roundup from all of the weekend's matches in football and hurling from across the country on newstalk.com forward slash sport. This is the Rewind on Newstalk. I'm Oisín Langan and Rugby Munster have the slimmest 
of mathematical chances of reaching the Champions Cup quarterfinals after their 26-13 win over Stade Francais at Thoman Park. They got the bonus point there. By the way, when I say the slimmest of chances, I mean the absolute slimmest. Anyway, Simon Zebo was among the try scorers in that game and afterwards he spoke to Off the Ball's matchday commentator David McIntyre. What is the dressing room like in there uh, in the aftermath of the game? Is it sort of a mixed feeling? Regrets as to what might have been when you can perform like that? Yeah, you know, we, yeah, I suppose it is. You know, we're happy obviously with the win. Like everybody's been slating us and, and writing us off. So, you know, to come together as a group isn't, isn't easy on the back of a couple of losses. And, and um, you know, that was very much a team performance and a performance for the fans and a performance for our families and in, in the crowd. And, and we're proud of it, but we know that it's just a starting block and we need to, to push on from this. What has the week been like? I mean, as you guys were criticised as a team. You and a number of your teammates were criticised as individuals. It kind of been easy. Was it one of the tougher weeks of your career? Yeah, it was. It wasn't an easy week. You know, everybody from the outside thinks they thinks they know it all. Really, when it comes to to finer details, but there's 34 of us in a room analysing every single detail, and it's only us inside who know what's going on and what we need to mend. So. You know, we took um, the positives from the previous week and, and tried to build on them as a squad, and and we came together, which which wasn't an easy thing to do, knowing that we likelihood were gone. So, um, hopefully, we can build on this and, and um, attack next week as hard as we can. Is this something you think that maybe when you get to April, May, and you look back, and today was the day that the season maybe turned, that a little bit of momentum was taken back by you guys, and that the positives there were so many out there today just led to something a little bigger and a little better. Yeah, like there's there's two ways we can go now. We can either just sit on it and say, "Oh, pat each other on the back." We we beat the the champions of France at home. That's but that's not good enough. The other way is we can go and use it as a starting block and push off and and, and really accelerate as a team. And um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be um, very decisive in our season, which way we go from now. But um, we just need to keep the heads down, work harder to improve all the time, and and make sure we uh, keep ourselves within a chance of winning a trophy this year. You guys are always talking about how great the Munster fans are, and despite the fact there was nothing really on the line there today, they turned up with pretty good numbers, and and the reaction and sort of the link that you could see between the players and the fans just walked off. It was like old times almost. It was like you'd just won a pool decider. I know you, yourself, and and Keith and Connor. there's three big names that have been talked about in terms of your contract negotiations. Days like that where you're thinking, you know, this isn't a bad place to play rugby, this this would be one of the reasons that, that you would stay if you had. Yeah, it's... It's, I think it's more than not a bad place to play rugby. I think it's the best place to play rugby. It's 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 incredible the atmosphere the fans give us on the pitch. Like they knew we were out of the tournament pretty much, and and they turned up in force and they were screaming for every little knock on, every moment in the game, and and that means so much to the team because the fans are hurting just as much as the team was hurting leading into this game, and and to put in a performance like that, I think to come together as one and talking fans and and team, um, it was great and it was it was great to be a part of and. Um, it was a special atmosphere out there. When do you think we'll get the, the white smoke on, on your future? Um, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Um, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, uh, 
Yeah, that's all I could say, to be honest. You're, you're not going to tell me where you're playing rugby next season, no? Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Finally, what, what is it like, you know, when you, your, your name is in the paper every day, so it's Connors and Keats, yeah. and there's just people openly talking about your contract and where you're going to be playing. It's, I mean, it's not like working at a bank where no one really cares what you're going to be doing next year. What's it like? Is it something you become used to? Yeah, it, well, it comes with the territory, to be honest. You know, when your contract's up, you've, you've, and if you've got some options, you've, you've got to consider them. And... Um, you know, it's all, or or workplaces more in the public than any other profession. So, um, <laughs> so it's a, it's a little bit harder, but you know, um, yeah, you just got to deal with it, park it to one side, and try and perform as best you can, and um, and uh, yeah, do what you do, do what you're paid to do, and that's just uh, perform. Simon Zebot talking to Dave McIntyre. This is the Rewind on News Talker. Right now, it's time to hear from Leinster coach Leo Cullen. After his young guns shot down Bath at the RDS, 25-11, the final score, meaning the hosts avoided a record losing run at home in Europe. After the game, Cullen was very pleased, particularly with his six starting debutants. It was, uh, I felt like a, a nervous parent all week, you know, with uh, some of the young children being, being thrown out there. But um, yeah, like I was, I was delighted how they acquitted themselves. And, you know, the guys that got the rewards and the guys that went out to play were the guys that had been showing the right characteristics, I suppose, day in, day out. And um, yeah, they were they were worthy of the opportunity that they got. Um, it's been it's been a difficult campaign managing guys back in. Um, so yeah, it was good to see those guys going well. And um, yeah, there's a few selection headaches going forward. Overall, what did you do well? What did you do not so well? Got to try through Sean Cronin, but. Should you have taken a few more chances because he had the opportunities? Yeah, definitely. We just need to be a little bit more patient a couple of times, particularly in the first half, um, where we got ourselves in good positions um, and just kind of we, we, we made our way out of our shape. Um, so, yeah, we talked about that at half time. You know, I thought Sean Cronin took his try really well. But again, like, you have to be, you know, we did create opportunities which was making bats scramble, which were they're giving up penalties as well. So it was important for us to just keep that scoreboard ticking over as well with the young group that we had out there. Ross Maloney getting man of the match. That was quite a performance. James Tracy also playing well. But look, I've, I've named two. I could name a couple more. Yeah, um, the full front row in particular, um, Peter Dooley. Uh, James Tracy type Furlan and, and as you say Ross Maloney for the front five going up against a very experienced bath pack so um, yeah it's great all those guys starting their first games in Europe um, is is outstanding Luke McGrath and uh, Gary Rimrose as well so six you know guys starting their first European games I know some of them have played off the bench in the past but um, yeah like it'll stand to those guys give them a lot of confidence um, leading into the future hopefully I'm not sure how much attention you pay to, to media and headlines and all that but Gary Ringrose you'll obviously be aware has created a real hype he's created a real buzz and he seems to be handling it really well his performance levels have not dropped at all yeah he works really hard and it's important that we manage him as well as best we can and um, you know he, he was involved in those games before Christmas because you know he was doing exams and doing what most guys his age are generally doing so it's it's important we bring him through in the right manner but yeah he's acquitted himself well Gary and um, hopefully has a bright future and it's set up now to kind of mind guys I remember hearing Gordon Darcy doing an interview with Off the Ball saying that when he came through maybe he lost his way a bit but it doesn't tend to happen with young players now because you're set up to handle that kind of thing um, yeah like there's always temptations out there still to this very day but um, we've got some really good guys you know coming through that that want to work hard and they want to improve and they want to be better so um, that's all you can really ask out of them Leo well done tonight thanks
That's Leinster coach Leo Cullen on their win against Bath at the RDS. Ulster lost away to Saracens over the weekend. They didn't pick up a bonus point, but they can still reach the last eight. However, they have to beat Oyana at home next week at Kingspan Stadium. It's uh, live and off the ball next Saturday from one o'clock. Connacht are at home to their Russian opponents in the Challenge Cup. They can also progress, but uh, like Ulster, they need some favours from elsewhere. Don't forget the Premier League back on News Talk live and exclusive next Sunday. Stephen Ward and Nathan at Goodison Park for the Everton game. Kenny Cunningham and Dave McIntyre at the Emirates to watch Arsenal. Arsenal currently top of the Premier League. That's it from the Rewind for this week. Don't forget to join me every morning this week uh, just before half seven and half eight to bring you all the sport on News Talk Breakfast and uh, off the ball on air every evening this week from seven o'clock with a mixture of Jerry Gilroy, Joe Malloy and Colin Parkinson. Until next week on the Rewind, take care. Bye-bye. Rewind with Oisín Langan.